Today's reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Bryson. Good morning. Well, friends, today, as uh, we lifted up a little bit ago, we began and we're beginning a new sermon series entitled Leadership Highlighted. And before we begin this morning, I want to invite you to two events that are coming up here at Ebenezer. And the first one begins on Tuesday, June 20th, and it's going to be a spiritual gifts uh, class or book study and focusing on the spiritual gifts that we all have and that we all encompass and how we can better define them and exhibit them and use uh, Use them to God's glory and what God is calling us to do. And uh, you can find more information in the digital bulletin. And the second thing that I want to highlight this morning is on August 3rd and 4th, Ebenezer will be hosting a worldwide event. We'll be streaming. It's called the Global Leadership Summit. And uh, it, it has a great lineup of speakers to encourage you, to help you in your leadership, and to uh, develop those leadership skills and traits uh, that we all have. And the amazing lineup this year, and I'm really looking forward to and both of these events, uh, the book study on spiritual gifts and the Global Leadership Summit, uh, there is information in the digital bulletin, and I want to invite you uh, to go to that as uh, as you feel called this morning. Uh, but before we begin, let's let's tie, let's go into a time of prayer. Almighty God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. God, as we come this morning, we come to uh, hear your word uh, and the word that you have for our lives and how we can be more in tune with your will and your way and uh, what it is that you are calling us to do as we lead in our homes and lead in our church, lead in our community and lead all for the kingdom's sake and the body of Christ as a whole. And so God bless our time uh, in worship this day. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And together, all of God's people said, amen. So what is a leader? And for that matter, who is a leader? And why does leadership need to be highlighted? Hmm, Do you know? Well, I, I kind of do, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, every year at the Global Leadership Summit, that uh, worldwide summit that I just mentioned a little bit ago, they begin every year by saying, everyone is a leader. Well, do you believe that? Are you a leader? Raise your hand. Do you think of yourself as a leader? 
Okay, great. More than 815. We got some great leaders. What about as a follower? I don't know. It's about 50-50. What about both? Come on, everybody's hand. And those of you at home, I want to see those hands in the chat. Everybody's hand needs to go up because, friends, you are. There you go. It's still up. Let's go. Both. Come on. Leader, follower. Let's go. Put them up, Put those hands in the air. You are both a leader and a follower. As Christians, we have this odd, cyclical, paradoxical nature and calling to be both a follower and a leader. Following Christ and leading others to do the same. What does it look like to put those two things together? Both being a follower of Christ and being a leader. And what is the purpose of leadership as it's identified? What if we could truly live out our calling as being conduits of leadership and conduits of leading people to Christ and truly following Christ? As it's defined, leadership is a function that helps to direct a people or an organization to its resources for improved efficiency and the achievement of goals. Effective leadership provides clarity And insight and motivation and guidance so that a people, the people or an organization realizes its mission and lives it out. We, as part of a church, believe and focus on Christian leadership. It's about leading others as Christ leads you. Christian leadership means that while you are leading others, that you are also being led by Christ. Even as you are leading others, even as you might be the head of a household, even as you might be a a pillar in the community, even as you might lead an organization, you are a leader, but yet you are also a follower. You're following Christ. Christian leadership means that we recognize that we are never the ultimate authority. You in your leadership and you're leading because you're also following Christ. Christian leadership is also about leading others in the same way that Christ leads you. If you're like me, Christ leads you day in and day out with an abundance of forgiveness. Amen. And an abundance of mercy and an abundance of patience. I'm hard headed. Just to be honest with you. And Christ leads me with grace and patience and forgiveness. And so what does it mean to lead others with that same way that Christ leads you with forgiveness and grace and mercy and patience? In the entirety of the biblical witness, there is a multitude of leadership styles and examples and functions. And they're all leading out of their call from God. But yet they're also leading out of their God-given giftedness. From Noah doing what is right even when no one is around and even when he's alone. To Abraham in embracing the unknown. From Joseph enduring this in spite of circumstances. To Moses Sticking up for his people and speaking on behalf of his people to David, not being afraid of whatever is in front of him, even a giant. To Peter recovering from failure, and Peter failed miserably, but he recovered. Paul leading out of his passion for what he believes. Each of us have unique and varying characteristics and talents and gifts that are God-given that enable us to lead and to lead well. And the fact is that many of us strive to build up a whole repertoire of gifts, though, instead of build on our own internal, inherent, God-given giftedness. Listen, friends, you can read all of the leadership books that you want to. You can watch all of the TED Talks that you want to. You can try out all of the new leadership skills and traits. 
that you want to. But my friends, we have all we need to be the leaders that God has called us to be in this time and in this place. Amen? I want to repeat that again because you didn't say amen loud enough. I don't think they could hear you at home. We have all we need to be the leaders that God has called us to be in this time and this place. Amen? Amen. Amen. When we focus on building up a stockpile of gifts rather than realizing and utilizing our own innate internal giftedness from God, that saying becomes reality that we are a jack of all trades and yet a master of none. We live in a culture that is so focused on ridding our lives and ourselves and of our weaknesses. However, rather than trying to rid our lives and ourselves from our weaknesses, I really believe that we should try to strengthen our strengths. Because friends, again, we have all we need to lead and lead well. Amen? God has already gifted us with a great gift and a talent and an ability. And God is calling you to use these gifts and these talents and these abilities for your everyday life, all for his glory. We have been given this peculiar giftedness from God in, with, and through Jesus Christ. As the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we have this treasure in clay jars so that it might be made clear that this extraordinary power is from God and it doesn't come from us. My friends, we are those earthen vessels and those gifts from God are those heavenly treasures. God has put in each of us heavenly treasures in us as earthen vessels and he uses us as a wide array of gifts and abilities and hoping that we will never lay them aside. Finding out that they might have grown old or that they've grown tired because we haven't used them. In our scripture passage for this morning from Romans 12, which if you have the Bible app, it's probably in the chat now. Uh, There's a Bible in the pew back in front of you. Maybe you brought your own Bible. Romans 12, I'll give you 10 seconds. Ready? One, two, I'm not going to count. Bibles, where is your sword? People, come on. They're right in front of you, even in the pews. Romans 12. Paul says this, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind so that you might be able to discern what is the will of God. What is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. Paul's telling the church in Rome that behavior that is okay for the rest of the world is not okay for you at all. You are God's beloved. You are God's plan for winning back a world that has gone astray. You are God's light in the darkness. God's cherished agents of the kingdom. Now you need to act like it. In Romans, Paul is highlighting how we are supposed to be and live and act as followers of Christ, as Christians, what we are called to be and who we are called to be in community with and what we are called to do. Paul's letter is about practical theology. It's about doing as followers of Christ, how we are to live together, how Christians ought and should and must live together. And in this life together, we are called to form and shape the hearts and lives of those who come in community with us. Paul says, do not think of yourselves as high, uh, higher than you ought. As one in the body, we are many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. Try to say that a hundred times fast. It gets a little wordy, but Paul's point is clear. 
the imagery about the body and its members is one that Paul uses multiple times. Paul does it here in Romans and again in 1 Corinthians, talking about how the eye is not the ear and the ear is not the eye, yet we all have different functions, but we are part of one body, all using our gifts for one another. In both 1 Corinthians and Romans, there is great conflict that Paul is writing about. People weren't uh, associating with one another in community. It was about status and caste and, and how the church was enacting with one another, how there were different beliefs about Christ, how there were different beliefs about how the church should be run. There was a great debacle in both Corinth and Rome about Jews and Greeks and slaves and free Yet Paul sets the record straight. As we are called to be a part of the body of Christ, he gives a a lesson in purpose and an anatomy lesson as well. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, the foot cannot say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of a body. And then Paul goes on and he says something about the eye and the ear and the sense of smell. We are many members, yet we are of one body. Can we say that together? One body. We are many members yet of one. In Paul's letter to the church here in Rome, he doesn't give that anatomy lesson. He leaves that to ninth grade science. The struggle for the church in Rome was not conforming to the ways of the world or the ways of the age, the the Roman influences, and even going back to their former Jewish identity. Paul says here, be who you are, specifically one who is in Christ. Structure your life and live in harmony with others. Fix your eyes on Jesus and keep them there always. Do not conform to the ways of this world and focus on those God-given gifts that you have been given, those diverse gifts, and unify as the body of Christ, all for the glory of God. Paul ends this portion of scripture by explaining and expounding upon those gifts that God has given us. In verse 6, Paul says, we have gifts. Can we say those three words together? Ready? We have gifts. One more time. We have gifts. We have gifts. Not we used to have gifts or we will have gifts, but we have gifts. And they differ. We already have them. God has given us everything we need to lead and lead well. And it's the same grace, but we all have different gifts. One body, many members, each with a different function. It's been said before that the Christian body is a lot like an orchestra. Different instruments play different notes and different sections, but they all sound and blend harmoniously into beautiful music. Imagine at 8.15 we had a special violinist this morning. Imagine if that violinist refused to play as part of a symphony. The symphony would be missing an important part of that melody. Similarly, if one group of the body of Christ refused to perform its function, the church would not be right. My friends, the Christian faith and being a follower of Christ is not a spectator sport. It's active and it's participatory. It cannot be passively watched on television or a streaming service like a sporting event because the reality is being a follower of Christ is a shared experience. One you actively engage in with others, other members of the body. That's why we've assembled today. Where we actively engage in a body of Christ with others whose hearts burn with that same fire. 
In verses 6 through 8 of this scripture that we're lifting up this morning, Paul is addressing that there's a differentiation of function as those gifts that Paul has shared with us. Paul's point is that just as the grace that has been given to Paul, him, to do those things that God has called him to do, God also gives the church what the church needs. Because we have things to fulfill. We have tasks to do. We have many parts, but yet we are one body. And those many parts don't have the same function. Paul mentions seven different gifts and then he shows how they are exercised in prophecy and service and teaching and encouragement, giving, leading and extending mercy. Those gifts that Paul emphasizes are all highlighted because of the unification of the body and they're all meant for the body as a whole. Right? You don't prophesy to yourself. You don't extend mercy to yourself sometimes. You don't give to yourself. But it's all about the unity of the body as a whole. My friends, we are not depositories of God's love and God's grace, but we are the vessels. Amen? We are the vessels through which God uses to show God's love, God's grace, God's mercy, to bless the church, to bless the community, to bless the world. We're not mere recipients of God's love and God's grace and God's gifts, absorbing them and holding on to it like a absorbent sponge. But rather we are blessed to be a blessing and love to be loving. Do you remember those WWJD bracelets from the 90s? Raise your hand. At home, type it in the chat. Do you have one? Are you still wearing it right now? I lost mine. Uh, someone at A15 said that they were going to bring it to me this afternoon, and I, I look forward to that. But um, I, I looked all week trying to find my WWJD bracelet. Do you remember what WWJD stands for? All right, all together now. What would Jesus do? Occasionally, you still see them around from time to time. And the problem, though, with WWJD and that craze that swept the 1990s was that they too easily slipped off our wrists. But why? Because they didn't demand that we do anything. They only asked us to contemplate what Christ would do. You may admire the accomplishments of an artist. You might love listening to a gifted musician play an instrument, but you will never play a note, at least a good note. Only daily practice and daily exercises and daily drills on our part will make us into musicians. I believe that one reason why WWJD, what would Jesus do, was so fleeting was because they never, and we bought into the notion that to know is to do. To know is not to do. Knowing WWJD, what would Jesus do, is only half the challenge. The other half is about doing it. Obedience. That's where discipleship comes in. Maybe we need different bracelets. Not WWJD, but what about WWJHMD, right? That, that would look good around my wrist. What would Jesus have me do? Each one of us. Too often do we allow our own insecurities to get in the way. And too often do we allow our own ungiftedness. Yet we have all we need for what God is calling each of us to do. To use our God-given gifts. All for His glory. That is true discipleship. And that is what Christ is calling us to lead in our world and in our community. Amen? At the end of Matthew's Gospel... 
Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. He has already uh, been crucified. He's already died and he's already uh, risen from the grave. And he meets those in Galilee, those 11 disciples. And he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In other words, listen up. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now go, go therefore and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And remember everything. Teach them everything that I have commanded of you. And remember I am with you always to the very end of the age. In this commissioning to the eleven and to us in, with, and through our baptism, we are given this task, this job, this responsibility that Jesus tells us to go. Go and make other disciples. Disciples by definition that you know, right, are followers or students of teachers or leaders. Jesus is telling us to go and make disciples, and it's he's telling us to go and make more followers of him. He's not telling us to go and make leaders or more leaders, but disciples, but followers. We as Christians need to have our eyes fixed on the cross of Christ always, always leading people to Christ. Amen? With our eyes fixed on Jesus, we will lead and lead well. It's because of our obedience and our discipleship and our in-tuneness to Christ and his will for our lives that our leadership will flow. Active is the community. Participatory is the community. Shared is the community. In closing, I want to give you four C phrases. So get a pen. Get some paper, whatever you got. Don't write on the hymnals or the Bibles that are in front of you in the pews. I don't want to, you know, get yelled at for, for disrupting church property. But get, get a piece of paper or a pen, write it on your hand. Pastor did not tell you that. I want to leave you with four C's of living into your spiritual gifts and living out Christ-centered leadership for your life. The first one is, starts with a C. All of them start with a C. Okay? Christ center. All aspects of your life have to be Christ centered. Before you do something, pray about it. Make sure that God is uh, guiding you and directing you and leading you. Pray for God's wisdom. Pray for God's leadership upon your life, upon any decision that you're about to make. The next one, what letters does it start with? Perfect. You're on track. There we go. You got to be committed. You got to be committed to serving the needs of others before your own. Number three, you got to be courageous. you got to lead with power and love as an expression of serving. And number four, you got to be consistent. you got to be consistently developing others into servant leaders. you got to be a Christ-centered leader. you got to lead with committedness. you got to lead with courageous. And you got to lead with consistency. Amen? Christ is calling us to lead here in the church, in the community, and throughout the world. And that's why leadership needs to be highlighted today and every day. Because we all have gifts, and we need to use them for God's glory. Amen?